Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Suplex Show with Brett A. I'm your host, Brett, and today we're going to be taking a look at last night's episode of Raw in this week's Raw review. That was a fast intro, wasn't it? Yeah, it kind of was. Did you know this is actually the second fast intro I've done today? Because this is the second time I've recorded the intro. Because the first time, someone barged into my recording room and started talking to me. What a good time. What a bloody good time. So yeah, this is, a, you might hear, actually, somebody walking around in my house. Or not, like, well, not, I don't own the house, but you know what I mean. I, um, so yeah, um, it, it might be an interesting recording today. And uh, during the actual review segment, I will have to stop um, stop for a second to do, go do something. So that'll just randomly cut off in the middle and then resume, because I'm not recording a 30-minute raw review segment two times in a row, because that'd take an hour, and I don't want to, yeah, it's boring, but uh, before we get into that, let's um, do a little intro for, you know, before the Raw podcast, which Ross saw this week, I mean, there was some good stuff on it, but it was just so boring, like, I hated it with a passion this week, I did not like it at all, there was some good, again, there was some good stuff, but I just, it just felt so slow, like it went on forever, man. This show, reviewing Rise, I don't know if I call it my job because I don't make any money. I mean, I can if more people listen, but they don't, so, yeah. Reviewing Raw is usually, like, the worst part of my, what, this show. Like, I'm, like, I'd much rather review NXT, AEW, SmackDown, do a news show, do a pay-per-view review show. Because even if it's a bad pay-per-view, then, like, there's still something to talk about. Raw's just, like, boring and, like, uneventful. Like, this week, I was, like, seriously, like, debating. Like, I didn't know what to call the show. And I finally settled on, like, WWE champion pinned right before title defense. Something along those lines. Right, like, a couple minutes before I recorded, started recording. Because I just could not think of anything to name this show. Because it was just so boring and dry. I just, it horrible. Horrible. But I do have, like, one thing to talk about in the intro. And it's not about me. It's just weird. Um, I saw this on Twitter yesterday. Um, credit to at Bonafide Heat. I believe he's a YouTuber. Go check out his channel. He's pretty good. Um, is he? Oh, no. He's a podcast. It's called the Elite Heat Podcast. Listen to mine, though. Not not his. Well, if you're going to listen to his, listen to mine first. Because uh, I'm better. No, he does have a YouTube channel. Anyway. Yeah, the credit goes to him, but apparently he posted he was at he was at the gym and he saw Brodus Clay on Fox News. Brodus Clay on Fox News. Huh. And according to my um source sources sources, um, he's been on Fox News for a couple of years now. I mean he doesn't really do much. Um Mainly, he's like an analyst, like a political analyst. Apparently, he's more right wing than um, more of a right wing analyst. But um, yeah, Brodus Clay is a political analyst. That doesn't make any sense. The Funkasaurus, he's a Funkasaurus, not a political analyst. It's hilarious because I assume he's supposed. He doesn't look like he's literally just like wearing like a green like polo shirt and a backwards baseball hat. So, yeah, he doesn't really look like, he looks like just some guy that, like, grabbed off the street to come into the show. It's actually quite funny. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, yeah. 
So, I guess we kind of have to get into the episode of Raw. So, we'll talk about everything um, Bobby Lashley related on the show. Because it all kind of factors into that. Him getting pinned, like, six days before his title defense. Yeah. So, um, let's get into it. Yay. Welcome back to the Suplex Show. And now it's time to talk about what I would... Maybe I would call the main talking point of the show. Not very, not a great main talking point of the show because there's really nothing to talk about on the show. But uh, I would say if I had to choose one, I'd say it's Bobby Lashley being pinned six days before his title defense at Money in the Bank. What? Um. So Raw opened with a like quick, quick maybe like three four minute recap or not four maybe like two three minute recap of the feud between Lashley and Kobe so far. What had happened in recent weeks? You know. The usual stuff. And then uh, from there, we went to a straight into a match. The show opened with a match, which is nice because it gets things kind of going, like, fast-paced early. That's that's always fun. Um, so we went straight into a match, which was Bobby Lashley versus Xavier Woods, which was supposed to happen last week, but MVP got it changed to a tag match. So, um, yeah, cool. So um, this match started. Lashley immediately took um, – Lashley immediately took control and just was, like, um, throwing Woods around the ring, playing to the power game a lot, just absolutely beating on him. He eventually threw Woods into the turnbuckles. Uh, Woods was, He came at Woods, but then Woods hit him with a super kick. Um, and then he kicked him in the gut and did, like, a nice, like, so Lashley's, like, standing and, like, he's he'd, like, get kicked to the gut, so he's standing, but his, like, his chest is at, like, a right angle to, like, a 90-degree angle to his like the like he's facing straight towards the ground, but he's standing up, and so Woods runs at him, jumps up off his back. Lashley is still standing, and he does a senton, and Lashley just collapses. That was super cool. Lashley um, Woods has such like fun, innovative offense. Like it's really cool. So he had that senton. Um, after that, Lashley responded though, continued to power around. Lashley then went for like a big old um, like swinging something, but Woods countered it into a tor- beautiful tornado DDT, by the way. And then uh, he threw Lashley over the top rope and hit like a top rope Hunico, like the one like Sami Zayn does or like Kenny Omega, where they do like a front flip in the air. I've never seen um, I've never seen Woods do it before, and it was it looked really nice. I've never seen Woods do it. Woods offense, I love him. He's so good. Um, they got back. He got Lashley back in the ring and pinned him. Lashley kicked out. Woods transitioned that into a crossface. Um, Lashley was able to escape and turn it into a spine buster before throwing Woods face first in the ring post. Um, Lashley then hit a spear on Woods, but he was kind of at this point. The commentators were playing up that Lashley was kind of like playing with his food or like he was just like beating up Woods for the sake of like making Kofi suffer and like enjoying himself, which kind of factors nicely into the story that, Oh, Kofi, like his main source of power, I guess you could say is that he has his family and his friends with him and blah, blah, blah. And, um, Lashley's kind of just like, he wants to take away, take Woods out of that equation. So when it's money in the bank, review, Kofi doesn't have his family or his friends there to help him, which I think is a nice story. They didn't actually fall through with it. So he hits Woods with the spear, and then he could have just pinned him after that, and it would have been over because Woods was, like, down and out at this point. Um, yeah. But um, he picked up Woods, and he was kind of, like, taunting him, and, like, he was about to put him in the hurt lock, but uh, Woods rolled him up and 
uh, small package and he got the win. Um, okay, that was a, a big surprise. Um, yeah. Um, so, match, uh, let's quick review this match. Um, this was a good match. I quite enjoyed it as a Raw opener. I think Woods Woods does not really have bad matches, especially in singles competition. This was really a fun um, encounter between both men with an upset win that I'm divisive on. Because, um, you see, I don't hate Bobby being pinned because it kind of gives you that feeling like, oh, Kofi could legitimately win this Sunday. But the problem is that Kofi's already pinned Lashley before. I mean, sure, it was a bit screwy, but, like, he's pinned him before is what I'm trying to say. So it's kind of, like, hard to say that, like, it's it's just – I don't know how to explain it. Like, um, like, I feel like the purpose was to be, like, oh, Kofi can win this week. But he's pinned last year before. But it was a couple months ago. I'll, I will give them that um, benefit of the doubt there. But it's still, like – what should you have pinned Lashley before, right before the pay-per-view? Maybe, maybe not, because it makes Lashley look kind of like a fool. But then also, it gives you that, like, Lashley is like, now he's like, okay, I need to, like, start taking Kofi seriously. So that, like, which we kind of showed at the end of the show. So based off how, like, letting this marinate towards the end of the show, I don't hate that they pin Lashley now. It doesn't bother me as much. Uh, I still, I don't know if I would have done it. It's one more, I could see it. I don't mind it either way because I think both ways could work in storyline. What I would have preferred is um, Woods pinning Lashley to show that, okay, Lashley can't be pinned. He's going to have to take Kofi seriously at Money in the Bank. But then Lashley just, like, injures Woods, beats him down so that Woods will not be there at Money in the Bank pay-per-view and, Woods, and Kofi's, like, all by himself. Because I feel like that's kind of the story of this feud between Lashley and Kofi, and I feel like it's kind of been left by the wayside a bit. So, yeah. It's not, again, I don't hate it, but I would have maybe done it a little bit differently. J- just saying, just saying. Um, and then after this, uh, it showed backstage, Lashley was um, leaving the building. And then later on, his, uh, like maybe like, no, we went to commercial after that. We came back, um, MVP cut a pro, or was asked by Kevin Patrick backstage, like, oh, was Lashley going to be here for the VIP lounge tonight? Because they had announced Lashley was going to do a VIP lounge with them. Um, MVP and MVP is like yes, Lashley, the Almighty WWE Champion, will be back for the VIP lounge tonight. The only reason he left now is to blow off some steam. It's not a problem. I know you little. I think he said like fake news, some, something like that. Well, are all looking for a story here, but seriously, nothing's happening. Quite a good backstage promo from MVP. He's very good at those. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then the, the last thing, actually, the main main event segment of the show was um, VIP Lounge. So MVP was there with the VIP Lounge. Um, all the ladies were down there, you know, and they had, like, the champagne and stuff. Uh, MVP, like, he introduced Lashley. Nothing happened. He introduced him again. Nothing happened. He introduced him finally for a third down, and eventually Lashley came out. And Lashley just looked, like, super, like, disappointed, and his shirt was kind of, like, wrinkled and, like, kind of like a Baron Corbin, like, downward spiral type thing. Like, he just looked, like, depressed, like – Okay, I lost tonight, but then, but then, quick. Once he got in there, um, and then he sent like the ladies away. When he got in the ring, he's like, "MVP, I just want to talk to you alone." Um, Bobby, Bobby grabbed the mic and he started talking about how maybe Kofi's right. Maybe I am getting out of touch, and I need to stop 
like focusing on the ladies i need to actually focus on like my job and um wrestling um Lashley said that he needed to get back to biz, like back to, you know, doing my job and I'm going to destroy everyone, you know, almighty. And then he started like picking up like all the set and like throwing it to the outside. Like he picked up a table and threw it and he picked up like a bottle of champagne and just absolutely just like chucked it. He picked up a couch and threw it. And all this time MVP was just kind of like, what? are you doing Lashley then uh, Lashley at the mic and said and this is I was gonna say and I quote but then I realized I don't have a quote but essentially the promos went this weekend at Money in the Bank I'm gonna kill Kofi Kingston I'm gonna tear him in half and I'm gonna destroy him and I'm gonna end his career and he's gonna die and he's dead and he's done oh he's gonna die yeah so um yeah pretty good I quite like this uh, VIP segment VIP lounge. Uh, I don't like that they could potentially here be teasing a breakup of um, MVP and Lashley, which I don't want that to happen. No, please no. They're really good. Don't break them up. Please don't. But for now, they were together, and I thought Lashley was really good here. Just like he looked like super dominant and all that stuff. And um, what else? What else? I thought he was really good on the mic here, just being, like, uber serious, all that joint. Like, when they try to make Lashley be, like, a babyface, like, joker on the mic, he's not good. But if you just want him to be, like, this intense guy that's, like, oh, he's going to kill you, he's great at it. That's, like, his best – that's, like, I'd say the best use of him. So, yeah, uh, this was very good. I don't want them breaking up the – Hurt business, and I'm also not the biggest fan of Lashley actually admitting that Kofi was right about him because that doesn't really seem like something he would do, kind of. So that's kind of iffy in my opinion in terms of his character. But overall, I did quite enjoy this VIP match. I did quite enjoy the Xavier Woods Lashley match. I don't know if I would have booked it this way, but um, I I did quite enjoy this part. So this was a good thing on a pretty boring episode of Raw, to be honest with you. But um, let's get into the stuff that wasn't quite as good. And when we get to the main play-by-play review, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Suplex Show. I'm your host, Brett. And now we're going to be getting into the play-by-play review of everything else that happened on Monday Night Raw. So uh, we already talked about Lashley like leaving the building in that opening match against Woods. But after that, we had um, Eva Marie and Dewdrop on Alexis Playground. How exciting. Um, so Eva Marie and Dewdrop came on. Um, Alexa started talking to Dewdrop. She's like, hey, Dewdrop, I really like your name. It's really fun to say. And then she's like, Dewdrop, Dewdrop. And then she's like, why did you say it? And Dewdrop was like, Dewdrop, Dewdrop. It sounded like a bunch of Pokemon just saying their names over and over again. And Eva Marie's just like, what the what is happening here? And Dewdrop's just like, this is completely normal. And so um, Alexa started talking about how, like, asking Dewdrop questions. And Eva Marie's like, well, why aren't you asking me any questions? And Alexa's like, well, I didn't prepare anything for you because I never even invited you. You just came on with Dewdrop. You're like a you're like a special bonus. And Eva was like, what? I'm just a bonus to you? I'm not a bonus. I am the surprise present, the best thing. I'm not. She's the bonus. She's the thing that comes with me. I, I don't come with her. And so um, Marie got, and then she got really mad at her. And, um, 
she was like, you're stupid, Alexa, blah, 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 you know, usual, just making fun of Alexa, and then she's like, come on, Dewdrop, let's go, and so they both left, and, um, Alexa made, was, like, making face, and she's like, oh, I'm Eva Marie, I'm the best, oh, and it was actually kind of funny, and then she started talking about how Eva Marie's such a diva, do you get it, because she was in the divas division, everybody, so, um, this was, I mean, as far as Alexa's playground segment goes, this one was horrible. I actually thought Eva Marie and Alexa played off each other quite well in this segment, to be honest with you. Dewdrop kind of just, like, no-selling everything and just acting like this was, like, like a, just a day at the office was a bit weird, but I thought Eva Marie actually did, did her job well in this segment. So, well, props her. It wasn't, like, great or anything, but as far as, you know, Alexa's playground segments go, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Um, after that, uh, Jinder Mahal came out for a promo, and when I, Jinder Mahal's, he came out, and, uh, Jimmy Smith was like, Jinder Mahal is gonna, um, make a statement to Drew McIntyre next, and I was like, oh no, he's gonna cut a promo, and so he comes out, and he starts, like, faking an apology to Drew, he's like, Drew, I'm really sorry about what I did to your sword, you can come out, I have it here, you can come out and, retrie- and retrieve it right now, and he just kind of waited. And he's like, Drew, seriously, I'm not joking. You can come out and retrieve it. And nothing happened. And then Drew appeared on the Titan Tron. He's like, hey, gender. Hey, 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 gender. I'm up here. It's kind of annoyingly, actually. Um, and then um, Ginger's like, um, oh, Drew, nice to see you finally were able to show up. Uh, now, um, I'm sorry. Uh, do you want to come get your sword? Actually, you might not want to. Because let me show you what I did to your family heirloom, your claymore. That's what it's called, apparently, the sword. And so he takes the cloth off, and the sword is cut in half. Oh, my God. And he starts, like, taunting Drew. And then Drew's like, well, actually, that Drew, that one's just a replica of my family heirloom. I wouldn't actually bring the real one to work for feel that someone would steal it. And then he was like, I actually have the real one right here. And he held up the actual sword, and he was like, ha-ha. And then he's like, and then he walked over to Jinder's motorcycle, and he's like, hey, Jinder, you want to know what probably isn't a replica, though? This motorcycle of yours over here that we've seen Jinder ride, it's custom-made, apparently. He's ridden it into the building the past two days, past two weeks. It's actually a very cool-looking motorcycle. But Jinder just, like, destroyed it. He's, like, ripping stuff off and just, like, like chucking it around, all that kind of stuff. And Jinder was like, what? Ooh, this can't be happening. And then, so the segment kind of just ended. Cool. You know, if you didn't if you didn't know the card of Money in the Bank, you'd think that Drew wasn't even in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Because he's just been feuding with bloody Jinder Mahal for the past two weeks. Um so thoughts on this segment. It was okay. Jinder's all like, Oh, look what I did to your family heirloom and then Drew being like, Oh, it's a replica. That was I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Drew destroying Jinder's motorcycle, I didn't mind though. It's just like uh, it, they're just, like, you know, heating up the feud. It, it, this segment was whatever. I mean, I guess Jinder Hall promo segments could be Drew was kind of a jerk here. He's like, hey, Jinder, look at me up on the screen. Like, and then he's like, oh, well, actually, you're an idiot. Because I have the real sword right here, dummy. And they just destroyed Jinder's motorcycle. Like, we get it. He took your sword. But, hey, Drew, two wrongs don't make a right, buddy. I thought you were a baby face. And I can get it and be, like, a baby face that, like, but Drew's not really that type of hothead baby face. He's been shown to be a pretty nice and sincere guy on multiple occasions. So it was kind of weird. Drew, like, the credit team scene, their job, I feel like, is, like, I feel like there's, for Raw, there's, like, a couple departments. There's, like, the 
creative department, there's the production department, and there's the make the fans hate Drew McIntyre department. They just have like a couple, like 20 guys, and they're just like, all right, how can we make Drew McIntyre as unlikable as possible? And they're all like brain, and they're all like coming up with ways and like sharing them. And I don't know. I like to th- I like to imagine that. I don't know why, but I do. I do. I feel like it's totally possible. We then went to a break, and we came back, and it was a photo four-way. Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Ash versus Naomi versus Asuka. And I was very cautiously optimistic about this because all four of these people are rather good workers. But then I remembered, oh, no, Alexa Bliss. There's probably going to be some stupid stuff happening. Um, and there was some stupid stuff. Let's 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 talk about it. So, um, immediately when the match started, um, Naomi and Cross kind of just, like, immediately kind of, like, started brawling on the outside. They just, like, left. And so that left Alexa and Asuka in the ring kind of, like, staring each other down. And, um, but eventually Naomi and, Bl- and um, Nikki came back and broke it up. Um, Naomi came into the ring to try and intercept Bliss or something, but then ate a crossbody from Bliss. Um, Naomi then had a face-off with Asuka. And Alexa had a face-off with Nikki. Obviously, they used to be um, a tag team. Asuka took Naomi out and then um, got hit with a DDT by... Asuka took out Naomi, then got hit with a DDT by Alexa. That almost pinned her, but she was able to kick out. Uh, Eva Marie and Dewdrop then came to watch the match from ringside and were kind of standing there. Alexa started walking towards them because she obviously had, like, a bit of heat with them after the Alexa's playground segment. Um... She kind of like just walked past Dewdrop because I guess she likes Dewdrop or something and started yelling at Eva Marie like you're a jerk. But then um, Eva's like Dewdrop, quick get her, she's gonna touch me. So then Dewdrop picked her up in like some other drop position and um, just dropped her over the barricades and she disappeared. Like just she was gone. Uh, uh cool. I would and then Eva and then um before Eva Marie was like good job Dewdrop and Dewdrop kind of just stood there for a second. You want to know what I would have really liked? If so, she bumps, or she dumps Alexa over the barricade. Alexa's, like, disappeared. Dewdrop's kind of just stand there admiring her work with, like, her back to the barricade. And then all of a sudden, Alexa just, like, rises from behind her and just, like, pulls her on over the barricade. I would have, like, laughed out loud if that happened. That would have been hilarious. Um, but no, she just kind of disappeared. And then, so, we went to a break. When we came back, even Marie and Dewdrop were out of there. Um, Asuka was kind of just beating on everyone. Alexa was gone. Um, Naomi took out both Alexa and Nikki and went for a double cover on both of them. Cause I don't know. I think she, like, she went, she thinks she's Roman Reigns or something. Just smash them, stack them, pin them. But, um, both Alexa and Nikki kick out. Um, everyone started like putting each other in submission moves, but all breaking it up. Eventually, uh, Naomi got sent to the outside, and Nikki rolled up Asuka for the win. She pinned Asuka. You've got to be kidding me, people. I think her finisher at this point, I think her finisher is a roll-up because she never wins with something. She's never won without a roll-up, I feel like. She's, she either wins by roll-up, count-out, DQ, um, stealing someone else's pin, or lasting two minutes. Yeah, I think her finisher is a roll-up. That's That's what I have to guess. Yeah, her finishers roll up. Um, this fatal four way was fine. It did not live up to my expectations of what it could be, just because of the Eva Marie and Dewdrop stuff not being very good. It kind of just like it took like a large chunks out of the match where like the action kind of stopped so that we can do Eva Marie and Dewdrop stuff, which I wasn't the biggest fan of. Um, in Nikki pinning 
this like what happened to Oscar, man? Oscar's like Oscar. She's a can be a well booked figure, but I'd say she's probably the most inconsistently booked person in the women's division, other than maybe Naomi. Because there's times when she's like dominant champion, can never lose, and then there's times like right now where she's jobbing out to Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, and Nikki Ash on the regular. So um, yeah, cool. Oh, I also forgot to mention before this match, there's a backstage promo segment where um, Riddle asked Nikki Cross if she could fly. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it was okay. This match, it was okay. It was fine. Like, whatever. Um, Sure, man. I just... Eh. And then there was a little backstage segment with uh, the Viking Raiders. And they said they were going to beat AJ Styles and Omos in the singles matches tonight. And then they were going to win the tag team titles. Cool. Whatever, man. Um, AJ Styles then came out next on uh, Raw. And he said, Viking Raiders, I'm sorry for being mean and calling you stupid ugly. And then he's like, actually, I'm not sorry, because you guys suck. You're stinky. I think he's actually said that part. I think he called them stinky. Um, and then he was like, me and Omos are going to destroy you two tonight, and then we're going to beat you on Money in the Bank, because this match, tag team title match between the two, was supposed to be on Raw next week, but it got moved to Money in the Bank. Cool. Um, this promo was whatever, you know, sure. Uh, I don't want him calling them stinky because it's kind of silly and stupid. But, you know, what you going to do, I guess. Um, after that was AJ Styles versus Ivar. Uh, Ivar had the upper hand pretty early and um, was kind of just beating down AJ. He hit him with a big old splash in the corner, but then Omos distracted him. Uh, AJ was able to take back advantage with a kick to Ivar's head. Uh, he then put him in a chin lock and started, like, wearing him down. But then he got hit with a back body drop. And let, Let's stop for a second and appreciate how AJ takes back body drops. He just gets sent into like the stratosphere whenever he needs a back body drop. It, it, it truly is a thing of beauty. But um, after that, Ivar hit a close cross body splash um, and then hit AJ with a clothesline. Um, AJ started to take back control, but Ivar countered into a big old slam. And then he uh, hit like a senton thing in the corner and pinned AJ off a of senton. In the corner. Poor AJ. What have they done to you? Remember when AJ was like your like dominant WWE champion over a, over a year long reign, and now he just jobs out to like Jackson Riker, Elias, um, the Viking Raiders, like a weekly thing, and I'm not even surprised by it. Yeah, the action here it was short, but I didn't mind it. It was fine, I guess. Uh, for the time they were given, it was okay. I wish they got given more time because I actually thought this could have been a fun one, but of course they didn't. And then AJ just lost. It was a bit of an underwhelming finish, to be honest with you. After that was um, Omos versus Eric, and Eric immediately went on the offensive. He tried to go for a German suplex, but he just like couldn't pick up Omos because he's so tall, guys. And he just kept going for, like, offense and, like, shoulder shackles on Omos. But Omos kind of just, like, no-sold everything. He eventually just, um, um, he eventually just threw Eric around the ring. Eric tried to rebound and hit a big boot. Uh, Omos just no-sold it and put him in a bear hug. Um, um, then we went to break. When we came back, Omos was still in control and just, um, or sorry, Eric got back in control. And he started beating on Omos in the corner, but then Omos just kind of destroyed him again. Uh, then almost picked up Eric and hit him with the double-handed choke slam for the win. Cool. This had like maybe like two minutes at most. I feel like 
it was short. It was mainly just to show, ooh, he's strong, everybody. So it was fine, I guess. I mean, like, I think it's best keeping Omos in a tag team where you can have AJ Styles work around him because this was a bit of an underwhelming singles outing. Just uh, it, It's probably because just, like, creative wanted him to do, like, a squash match, but still. So, yeah, uh, Vic Bridges win one, AJ and Omos win one. Ooh, who could possibly win at Money in the Bank? It's going to be an AJ and Omos. But it is nice to see Viking Riders actually get something to do on TV because they, they are very good. So, um, yeah, cool. Um, it was fun. This was fine. Um, and then we had a backstage segment on Raw where Sheamus was talking to Pierce and Neville. He's like, why are you guys making me defend my title? I have a broken nose, idiots. Um. And then, so the match was, like, next. But then uh, Sheamus attacked Humberto Carrillo backstage and just beat him up using all, like, the equipment and stuff. And then he, like, apparently, like, knocked him out. And then Sheamus was like, ha, ha, ha. And he ran away to, like, just ran away. Uh, and then went to a commercial. But came back. Carrillo was still, like, down backstage. And Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce was like, Carrillo, we can't have this match tonight. We can just call it off and have it, like, next week or something. And then Carrillo's like, no, I've been waiting three months for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through with it. Um, this is actually Sheamus's first title defense since he won the title at WrestleMania, despite the fact that there's a rule that you have to defend the title within 30 days of winning it. Oops. Anyway, this match started. Uh, Carrillo immediately just fell over. He struggled back to his feet. Sheamus hit him with a road kick and won. Cool. Um, yeah. And then uh, post-match, Sheamus continued to beat up Carrillo and just kicking him and stomping on him. Uh, Damian Priest then came out, hit Sheamus a couple times, clotheslined him over the top rope. Sheamus kind of backed off, and uh, Damian Priest kind of helped Humberto Carrillo up. Whatever. Um, the match was, you know, I thought it really could have been a fun clash of styles um, between these two. I really did. But it was like two seconds. It didn't really help. Anything? Not really. It was okay, I guess. But, like, still, I was kind of excited for this match. And it was a bit of a letdown. I did like um, Damien Priest making the run into save after um, because I think I think they should put the title on Priest at a SummerSlam because I think Priest is so good. And he's gotten, like, nothing to do on the main roster. And Sheamus' title run has been a bit underwhelming, not by any fault of him. I mean, he got injured. And then they've just, like, haven't booked any, like, intriguing storylines with him. But I do think that him versus Priest could work out. And I really would like to see Priest getting something to do. Uh, so, I hope they go through with that. Yeah. But still, as a match, this was pretty underwhelming. Yeah. Um, and then we had a little backstage segment where Ricochet was talking to Riddle. And they talked about how... Um, Money in the Bank, um, they were going to win it, and Riddle was like, oh, I can't wait to win Money in the Bank so then I can surprise Randy Orton and cash in on the tag team titles. Sure, whatever. Um, what? Where is Randy Orton? Like, he's been gone for a couple weeks now. There's no reports on where he is or anything. I don't know. I'm not sure where Orton is. Maybe he's injured? I don't know. Anyway, and then um, they were talking about – they started talking about Morrison and how Rick is like, oh, I can't wait to beat that idiot – and then this this actually made me laugh. Um, so John Morrison, he always makes like these um like water puns. He calls himself America's Moist Wanted and stuff. He walked into frame with Miz, and he's like, um, "How you doing, splash holes?" I don't know why. It was just so silly. It just made me laugh. Him calling them splash holes. Oh, I I actually quite liked it. I quite liked it. 
it made me laugh. I will admit it. And then after that was um, Jonathan Morrison versus Ricochet in a Falls Count Anywhere match. This was pretty good. Um, so Morrison took the upper hand early and was beating on Ricochet, stumped him to the apron, and then he tried to go for a pin on the floor, uh, didn't kick out. Ricochet tried to get back in control, but Miz was constantly distracting him with the wheelchair. Um, Morrison then re- repeatedly just ran Ricochet into the bar- barricades over and over again, but he still couldn't get the pin. Um, Ricochet then hit a German on the outside and then hitting a big old 450 splash from the bar- top of the off the barricade to the floor. Um, Ricochet jumped up and went up to the top and hit another big splash from the top of the ring post to the floor outside. Ouch. Uh, he went for a pin. Morrison kicked out. Went to a commercial break. We came back. Uh, Morrison set up a like ladder bridge between the announce table and the apron, and then the two kind of brawled up the stage. Um, Ricochet then hit a hurricane run on the stage, and they continued to kind of brawl. Morrison was able to take back control and started kind of beating down Ricochet. Um, they brawled back to the ring, and um, Miz was trying to interfere. Er, so... Ricochet got in the ring. He threw more of into the SI. He looks like he's going to go for a suicide dive, but Miz rolled in the way. Um, but then Ricochet just said, okay, whatever. He just jumped over Miz and hit Ricochet with the suicide dive. He threw uh, Morrison back in the ring. He's looking to go for like a springboard clothesline or something. But um, Miz used the drip stick to distract Ricochet, so Ricochet got distracted by him. And then Morrison rolled him up, but Ricochet kicked out. Uh, Riddle then came out on a scooter because earlier in the show, Miz had ran over his injured foot with a wheelchair and sprayed it with a drip stick. And he, because Miz is in the wheelchair, he like rolled with Miz on his back. So Miz was like, oh, I can't do anything. And Riddle like got down on the floor next to him and was like, oh, I can't do anything, kind of mocking the Miz. This was quite funny, but why, why is Riddle attacking a disabled person? That's not a very baby face thing to do. Um, anyway, um, so, Miz was out of the picture. Ricochet then hit the single-leg knee strike recoil thing. And then he hit Morrison on the ladder outside. And then he hit a splash through the ladder from the ring post. Pinned Morrison to get the win. This was really good. It was very, very good. This was easily the best thing on the show. Um, I quite enjoyed it. It was pretty bloody good, mate. I, I, I really liked it. Really good. Lots of back and forth action. Some really fun spots in there. Really, really good stuff. Um... Next up was um, Rhea Ripley taking on Natalia in a singles match. Um, before this, though, we had a little backstage segment where um, Tamina, like, slapped Dana Brooke, and Dana Brooke got mad at her. It was pretty bad. Um, and then the match actually started. Ripley was pretty dominant off the um, off the bat. It was just, like, beating down uh, Natalia with a bunch of kicks. Um and Natalia was able to hit a kick of her own, and both women tried rolling each other up, and kind of, they were just kind of reversing it back and forth. Um, Rhea spent, sent Natalia to the outside um, because um, so Natalia tried to walk in a short a sharpshooter. Rhea kicked her off, sent her to the outside, um, and then Rhea came out and took out uh, Tamina, who was at ringside. But um, Natalia used this like kind of distraction by her beating up Tamina to hit a big old discus clothesline, and then we went to a break. I really like Natalia's discus clothesline, by the way. I'm just saying. It's quite good. Um, anyway, we came back. Uh, Ripley hit a northern suplex on her for a near fall, but then Natty came back with a powerbomb on Rhea for a near fall of her own. That was quite good. Um, Natalia then locked in a sharpshooter, but Rhea rolled through and set her in the corner. Rhea then suddenly was able to 
she kicked her in the face, stunned her, and then hit a riptide and won the match. Uh, Post-match, Charlotte came out and hit her with a chop block before locking in the figure eight and then using the apron for leverage to kind of, like, injure her legs. And then after that was the um, VIP launch, which we already talked about. So the Natty-Ripley match was quite good. The post-match angle with Charlotte was whatever. I'm not the biggest fan of this, like, supposed to, like, blood feud between Charlotte and Ripley. It's supposed to be really intense. The go-home angle was just, like, a post-match beatdown after a match with Natalia. Serious. It just felt a bit underwhelming as your go-home angle. I'm just saying. But the match was solid. The match was solid. Natty's a pretty good worker. Um, the match was solid. It's just as a as the go home for a big old fe- for one one of your bigger feuds. I feel like this could have done better. So um, that's all that happened on the show because after this was VIP lounge, charity talked about. I'll give you my final thoughts about on the show in the outro. So make sure to stick around for that. I'll see you there. Anyway, welcome back to the Suplex Show with Brené, and it's at your time. So overall, this episode of Raw, well, it did have some actually solid stuff. It just felt kind of boring. And as a final show in the Thunderdome, I felt a bit underwhelmed by it, especially since um, if you follow me on Twitter, at KindPlatypus, um, you would know that I tweeted like, oh, I hope WWE does a little video package for all the best moments of the pandemic era, kind of like AEW did. And they didn't. And so I was kind of disappointed by that. I really wanted to see that because I think it could have been pretty cool. Um, But I guess they released all their talent so they didn't have anything to work with because everything came from released people. If I had to theorize, I'd probably probably go with that. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably go with that. Um, Anyway, so yeah, this episode of Raw, kind of boring. There was some good stuff. All the New Day Lashley stuff was solid. Morrison um, versus... Ricochet was good. Ripley Natalia was good. Bit of a disappointing post match angle though. Um, the tag team stuff was whatever. The um, the uh, I'm missing like one other thing. The fatal four way was whatever. Um, and then I'm missing one thing. Uh, what was it? The U.S. title thing was whatever. Man, it just it didn't really matter. Like whatever. Very excited for fans to be back next week. Maybe they'll actually try, but we'll have to see. So uh, that's all for today's episode. Make sure to follow Suplex Show on Spotify, Radio Wave, Breaker, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Uh, follow us. Head to those other platforms. Follow us there because we can use all the followers that we can get. Make sure to give us a five-star review if your platform allows so. And if not, head to the other platforms to give us a review there. I'm super congested today, so I might sound really bad. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Suplex Show. Follow me on Twitter at Kind of Platypus. Um, and then if you want anything to be like read in an episode, like a question or like some constructive criticism for the show, how to make it better, send that to the Suplex Show at gmail.com. It will be read during an episode, and I will make sure to shout you out by name. So make sure to include either your real name to be shouted out by, a fake name if you don't want to be called by your real name, or a wrestling name, because that would be pretty cool. Would it? Yeah. Also make sure to t- tell your friends to. Tell your friends to listen and tell people on Twitter to listen because the more listeners, the better. Anyway, thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'll see you next time. Bye.